The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. Welcome to the month of November. It's a little chilly out there. Here, the weather is going to get a little warmer, but uh, yeah, show about money each and every Saturday night pleasure and a delight to be with you. I'm also pleased to announce that uh, the Wolf on Bay Street uh, made the Globe and Mail top 150 list uh, for wealth advisors in Canada. Um, now, I'm pleased with that. Thank you very much. Uh, some 30,000 uh, financial advisors uh, directly or indirectly licensed in the country. Uh, it's an incredible industry, it really is, and uh, the industry can do a lot of good. Uh, and part of uh, the good doing that we must do as citizens is give back to uh, those less fortunate than us. I speak about continuously. Uh, I am going to be uh, sleeping outside on November 18th uh, for Covenant House uh, in support of the executive sleepout. Uh, I have a personal goal of raising $100,000. Uh, I think that should be a piece of cake. But it's not. It's hard work raising money. Uh, please, friends, uh, you've listened to the show for many times. I no, and uh, if you're a fan, uh, help us out, uh, Wolfgang. Uh, just go to the uh, Covenant House website, covenanthouse.com, uh, sponsor a sleeper, look for me, uh, Wolfgang Klein, and uh, give uh, something. Um, send me a little note uh, that you're a hi-fi listener, and I will uh, give you a hi-fi right back uh, for your generosity. Uh, there are many ways to give, uh, and part of giving, of course, is receiving uh, a uh, tax credit, uh, I love tax credits. We are so taxed to death in this country. And again, what frustrates me is with the amount of tax we pay, uh, it's still not enough for governments to fully support charity. And most charities rely roughly of 50% of their operating budget on individuals just like you and I. And this is not a telethon. No, it's a show about money. And it's a responsibility when you have money that you must share it with those in need. Um, very interesting means of giving money as well. Uh, uh, is through uh, charitable trusts. Uh, very, very uh, successful young entrepreneur uh, on the show with us right now, Mr. John Bromley. He's the founder. He's the CEO at Charitable Impact. Uh, John, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we do have um, one or two clients, two clients now who have a charitable trusts. And so Jack and I have firsthand experience on uh, using these to help clients give back and also to have clients receive their tax credit. Um, so please share with us uh, your, your, your dream, your vision, and what you have built here to make charitable giving that much easier for those inclined to give. <laughs> Wolfgang, thanks for having me uh, on, on the show. So the, the, the dream is really about the recognition that, like yourself, your, your listeners also, you know, are, are born generous. Uh, all of us really have something in the world we want to create change for. We also have something to give towards creating that change, whether it's our time or our talent or our treasure. In this case, the, the show's about money. So we'll talk about the treasure we can give, the, whether that's cash or public securities or private company shares, cryptocurrencies, whatever assets have value, uh, if done properly, those can be donated to charity. And what we at Charitable Impact do 
is we, we, we help people give regardless of what charities you care about, regardless of how much experience you have with giving or, or frankly, how much money you have to give away. And we do that by providing, you know, every uh, donor, whether it's a, uh, an individual or a corporation, uh, uh, with, with their own giving account. Uh, that giving account's known as a donor-advised fund, but it's their own giving account. They put money into it. They get a tax receipt immediately. They can then take the time and space they need to find the charities that they are most confident in supporting and, and give to those charities at, at a time that makes sense to them. And they can also invest the money before they give the money away. So in other words, they put the money into the account. They receive their uh, tax credit immediately. They can then invest the money, have it grow as they investigate what charities they want to have the greatest impact with, correct? Well, absolutely. And that's why we're, 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 we're honored to work with someone like you. You know, our expertise, we're kind of like a well, I, I consider myself like a charity banker. My expertise is working with people to help them achieve their, their charitable goals, what they're trying to create change for in the world. Uh, so we don't pretend myself and, and those who work with me to be, to be uh, managers of money. So we go out and find people and work with uh, willing people like you, Wolfgang, who, who want to help their clients uh, uh, give, give charitably. And, we, and, and we, 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 we have you manage the money they give and we help them with everything else. And, and, and we work with you. Uh, we work with many people uh, at Catacord, and we work with actually about, we, we work with about 100 different financial advisors across the country right now. Uh, and even, you know, do, people who want to give uh, through Charitable Impact can, can actually recommend their own financial advisor uh, who we then look into and, 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 and can bring on board so that they can work with their trusted advisors uh, to, to, to manage the, the charitable dollars they give uh, post-donation. And again, I want to repeat the process to, to the listeners who, who may not uh, quite be on side with what we're talking about here. We're talking about giving money. Often a trust can be created, a, a charitable trust can be created. Uh, it was often, it, sorry, excuse me, it often is created at a life-turning event. For example, an individual is about to be bought out from their business. An individual received a large inheritance. An individual sold their business. They had a large capital gain on some stock options, whatever the case may be. It's usually when an individual comes into a large sum of money and they say, you know, life has been good. I want to give some money back to charity. I'm not sure where, and I want the tax credit right now. So, uh, John, your company helps them set up a trust, uh, manage the paperwork, and, and, and execute the, the process, correct? And can you maybe explain to us exactly how long it takes and what the steps are to get one set up? Yeah, well, great. Let me let me first say so. There's the the what's important when you're giving uh, charitable donations is to have confidence in, in in the process. And why that's important for the donor is because you know when you when you're confident with the process, when you're when you when you feel good and you're able to enjoy it, you're more likely to stick with it. And that way, charitable giving is no different than you know exercise or playing sport or you know you know educating yourself. So. Um, so the, there's there's two major ways to you know have better controls over your donation you know journey uh, once you start giving. One way, as you talk about, is to start a charitable trust or a charitable foundation. What that is is usually it's its own corporation. You've got to go and get it created. You've got to uh, go to CRA and and get it registered with them. They have to approve it, and that process can be very expensive. 
Uh, it takes, you know, six to 12 months, depending on how backlogged the government is. And uh, it, it, it's, it's an actual corporation that you have to maintain into the future. So there's additional expenses there. Uh, accounting so expenses long, and the likes, right? Uh, accounting expenses and the likes. So that's a, that's a long and slow process. Increasingly, uh, and I've got a lot of experience with that type of stuff. Uh, but increasingly, the problem with that is all those expenses, the timeline it takes. And, and secondly, you know, if you're not giving a really large amount of money away, it doesn't make sense. And so the majority of Canadians, the majority of the people listening to the show, you know, you know, probably uh, give less money away every year uh, than, than, than it costs to, to set up or maintain some of those, uh, those trusts. And so what we at Charitable Impact have done with all of our learnings based on working with charitable trusts and charitable foundations uh, and being donor-centered uh, in our work is said, okay, what's the alternative to that? Something that's faster, cheaper, but provides the same benefits to the donors. And what that's called in, in Canada and other places like the United States is, is a donor-advised fund. And so what the donor-advised fund is, which is what we provide at Charitable Impact, and you help us manage, Wolfgang, is, is it's, it's, like, it's kind of like a bank account just for charitable giving, though. And so you put the money in there, and as soon as you do that, that's the charitable gift at law. You're issued the tax receipt immediately. From there, you can hold the funds. You can invest it uh, with, with you, sir, or, or, or another financial advisor that you recommend. And then, and then you can distribute it from there on, on, on the charitable you know, stuff that you're trying to achieve, right? Give it to any registered charity in the country. You can also actually even give the money to someone else for them to give away for you. And in that regard, that's how I uh, are, am helping my, me, my wife and I are helping my, 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 our two kids learn about charitable giving. Every month we give them a charitable allowance from our account into their account, and they use that money to, to, to give away to a charity of their choice. So the donor advice fund really does make it simple and fast, highly cost effective. And that's important because it allows more Canadians to get involved with giving in a really you know, easy to organize and manage way, a really easy way to understand through your giving journey throughout life, what you've achieved, you know, like where did you give five years ago and how much did you give there and how's that different from today? Uh, these are things that we think is important for, 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 for donors to know and the Donor Advice Fund helps them achieve that. Uh, a few very powerful words uh, that, that come to mind, one that you brought up and one that I thought about, but I see it right here in your bio. So the first word is process. And Jack and I are in love with that word uh, because to be successful in life, in any endeavor, there must be a process. Um, you know, the French call it your mise en place, being prepared if you're preparing some food. There must be process. If there's process, you stick to process, you're going to win. So save, invest, work live beneath your means. If you do that consistently, you have process, but incorporating charitable giving into the process, I think too is critical. And, and, and the word that I was thinking about as you're coming on air with me was the word of benevolence. And I see right here that John Bromley, I facilitate benevolence. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, you listen to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News 640 Toronto, Wolfgang Klein, money manager, portfolio manager, uh, top 150 according to the Globe and Mail in Canada. And I couldn't uh, have that ranking without my partner, Jack Hartle. The, the man's a genius. Uh, he is the yang to my yang. And, uh, well, we have a lot of fun and uh, take our work very, very seriously. We're going to check in with Jack right after the break and speak a little bit more with John Bromley, a founder and CEO of Charitable Impact. Uh, when you give, you get.
Stay tuned. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Sing it, my friends. Come on, let me hear it. Beautiful song. You will survive if you follow process when it comes to financial management. Uh, process, process, process. The sooner you begin, the easier it will be. And the most difficult part of any process is getting started. May we help you get started. Uh, and please, part of your process, get started giving back. Uh, John Bromley, founder and CEO of Charitable Impact, another very effective means of giving back to society and receiving a tax credit. And I'm so much about the tax credit as well because we are overtaxed in this beautiful country of ours. Um, John, interesting bio. Um, I, I understand you used to work for RBC uh, Capital Markets. Jack and I, of course, uh, started our career at the big bank. Uh, and your father uh, was a charitable lawyer. Uh, so very, very nice uh, pedigree in the space of uh, charitable uh, specialization. But here it's saying that you're, you're now incorporating technology, social media and the internet culture to improve uh, charitable giving. So please speak to that. Well, what's important about technology? I mean, first of all, it's 2021. In fact, it's getting on 2022. Time's flying these days. And, 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 and so we're, we all have these devices and, and they, they, they're helpful and they can be harmful too, like everything. And so what's important about technology in the giving space is, is to, especially when you have your own donor advised fund, like an impact account with charitable impact, is it allows you to incorporate giving really into wherever you are. Uh, you know, when you, we, charitable impact, uh, when you combine the words that it, it, it stands, it, you, you get a portmanteau of chimp. And CHIMP, you know, actually stands for charitable impact. But the other thing we used to joke is about charity in your pocket or charity in my pocket. And, and, and so technology really lets you, you know, you know, carry that device around. And when you have a moment, look up, a, you know, you might be walking past a hospital, past a church, past a school, past an organization. Is that a registered charity? Is this something that I can give to? Is this something in my community I want to get to know? It also connects us more easily with other people. Giving is a really social thing. Uh, oftentimes we give because we're asked. We, we, we give uh, to and with other people in our family and our communities, and technology helps bind that together. Last and certainly not least in the charity space where we all want to maximize the amount of money that we give that gets to the registered charity of our choice, technology helps bring scale uh, while reducing uh, costs. And, and for all of those reasons, uh, we, we, we have uh, made uh, the technology the base uh, uh, the platform on which we have built uh, uh, charitable impact. Uh, Jack, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? 
Well, just like you said, you look at technology and you look at, you know, fintech in the environment, and we've invested in a lot of fintech, which are financial technology companies. They really make uh, the process of, of financial services a lot easier. And I like what they're doing at, um, at Charitable Impact for the fact that, you know, uh, they're taking technology, allowing investors to, like you said, receive that tax receipt uh, a lot earlier. Uh, and then give over time. So I, I think it's an exceptional process, an exceptional program that the charitable impact um, is bringing forward. Uh, my question to John would be, you know, COVID uh, has accelerated all these trends. What have you seen um, in your environment with charitable impact and how people are giving uh, and the amount that people are giving? That's excellent. Thanks, Jack. The, what, you know, COVID has actually really been very difficult for the charity sector as a whole. Um, a lot of charities are, are really hurt by, by COVID for two major reasons. Uh, it puts, it's put downward pressure on their, on their revenues, the donations that they're getting. And in large part, that's because uh, how they raise their money has always been very, you know, event driven and socially driven. And if people can't come together, it's harder to raise money. Um, the other thing that's putting pressure on charities is there's been a major increase in the amount of services they've had to provide because of economic and other health uh, things tied to COVID. So uh, the charity sector is struggling because of COVID, and that's important for us to get our heads around that as a society, recognize how much charities actually help the world go around uh, and and, and contribute and support. With regard to Charitable Impact, we're a very donor-centered organization. We work with donors and we help them give money uh, in the best way possible, regardless of what charities they care about, right? So we're neutral with regard to where the money ends up. What we've found is that charitable impact has continued to grow through, uh, through, through COVID. And I think that's for a couple, two major reasons I'll cite here. One is that there's more people whose eyes have been opened to uh, the importance of helping out. I think in part that's because COVID has impacted everyone. There's literally no one that has not been impacted by COVID. And then it's kind of like, oh man, like if this kind of thing can happen here, what are the other, what are the other things that are going on? that, that, that uh, I, I can contribute towards, you know, to help out. We've all had to participate in this process of, of, of relieving the pressure from COVID. Um, and, you know, I think the second major reason is that as people have sort of said, hey, I, I recognize the need to get, you know, charitable giving going, people have recognized that, you know, generally speaking, there's nowhere to go to get impartial advice as a donor. You know, almost every interaction we have with charity is through a fundraising lens. And so that's sort of like a salesperson lens trying to, you know, get you to buy a certain uh, a product or give to a certain charity in the, in the charity world. What we do at Charitable Impact is just help you give in general and wherever you want to give. And so people have recognized there's really nowhere to go to get that help. They've found a place like Charitable Impact that's there as an impartial, uh, uh, not only just a tool, the tool the donor advised fund built on top of technology, but also the support from our team and, and, and people like you who, who, who help bring confidence to how the money is managed. And, and as a result of that, we've seen growth during COVID, but generally speaking, that bucks the trend of what's happened in the charity sector uh, through, through this difficult time. John Bromley, founder and CEO of Charitable Impact. You do great work. We appreciate everything you do to make it easier for us all to give. My friends, please uh, give. Uh, Covenant House, it's going to be cold outside. 3,000 kids on the street each and every night. It shouldn't be that way. We have to help. Uh, I need to raise $100,000. I'm at $41,000. I got a few days to go. Please help us out. Go to Covenant House, sponsor a sleeper, Wolfgang Klein. 
I'll love you so much more for it. I still do. Stay tuned. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News 640 in Toronto. More about money right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Jack Dorsheimer, uh, analyst with Canaccord, uh, industrials and sustainability, uh, notably Tesla, Generac, uh, Plug, and a company that just changed its name to Wolf. Gotta like the name. Um, <laughs> Jed, it's always a delight to have you on the air. A uh, lot to talk about here. And I, I just bought myself, well, two things. One, I'm renovating a home. So I am getting some LEDs installed. I'm looking forward to getting rid of those heat lamps that were in this uh, home of mine, the old pot lights. My God, they gave off way too much heat. So I'm getting some LEDs. I hope I like the uh, uh, Lux of Light. I'm uh, purchasing some 3,000 Lux is what they recommend to get more yellow light. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but I bought myself a new car. I bought an Audi, uh, an A5. And uh, there was still not a lot of electric vehicles on the market to look at. Of course, I know of Tesla. Just, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm not ready for a Tesla. I, I still wanted one more combustible vehicle. But uh, that said, I was in, uh, floored, flabbergasted as to how much technology is pl- is plugged into a vehicle these days. Um, it truly is. It, it's incredible. It, again, but I, you know, I come from the dark ages, uh, uh, giving up an 18 year old vehicle. I was very pleased with. Worked like a term to me once a utility, but now, well, it's a piece of technology. Uh, so, Jed, uh, again, a lot to cover off. Um, Jack said, let's listen what he wants to start with, uh, the, uh, summit, the climate change summit taking place in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, titled COP26. What is COP26, Jed? Uh, if anyone knows you do, and what's, what's, what came of the, or what's coming of this, the summit? I think it stands for COP out. I mean, I think it, what most of the politicians and the ignorance that exists is just a, becoming a joke. Um, and what they're doing to sustainability. And one of the reasons that we're so bullish on Tesla is, and the EV trend in general, is that it just comes down to pure economics. And most people don't realize that signing up for a lot of the global policies are signing up for a collapse in your economic system. I mean, even Please speak, to, speak, yeah, speak to that further. Tennessee. Which part? No, uh, about um, uh, signing up for 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 climate change. Uh, it means signing up for economic disaster. Not climate change. I did not listen. I am a. I believe that I believe in climate change. I am not a denier, and I believe that it's important. I also come back to how we define sustainability. So go back to the Latin root of the word. It actually means to cradle or hold something that needs to be sustained means that, uh, that it's supported. In order to support anything, you need to have an energetic return that's greater than whatever your output is. This exists throughout nature. The only 
species that doesn't adhere to this is humans. So that means that you need in any technology um, or any uh, uh, um, policy, there has to be a greater energetic return or you're destroying value. And um, part of what's wrong with uh, Washington in this country and then more globally is you have politicians that speak on what they not know. And that's a problem. And that's precisely what you're seeing. I mean, you can't, you can't, this can't work if you don't have full buy-in and you clearly don't have that. I'll tell you, I'm always inspired, Jed, when I go to Europe and I see the leadership, uh, name your city, they are becoming greener and more conscientious and, 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 and with pride. Uh, go to Copenhagen, where, where they where they are, are, are exemplary recycling plant right there in their own backyard. Some sixty percent of their waste. I would challenge you on with. that statement. No, please, please do, Jed. Yeah, you're, you're you're the smarter of the two. So Friends, we, just so let, we have uh, just, sorry, great Jed, Jed examples of. Um, let's look at Germany, and let's look at what Merkel said back in 2011, or maybe it was 2012, post Fukushima, when you had all of the negativity around nuclear because they built a 60-year-old reactor technology on a fault zone that failed without any redundancy. And so you shut down 11 nuclear plants, and Merkel's call was, we're going to do this better and cheaper. And this is going to, we're going to decommission these plants, and we're, and it makes me sound like I'm pro-nuclear. I'm, I'm pro-optionality. And so the we now have a bunch of data, and Germany is about to go into in, is in an energy crisis that's become more beholden to Russia, that's turning off their natural gas, or that's what seems to be happening there. And you've had a regressionary tax policy that's resulted in the highest energy prices of any first world nation. I think the intentions are very good, but they're not aligned with policy. And so if I take a step back and I look at uh, the different technologies, I look at, I knew you'd like the name Wolf, but if I look at what silicon carbide is doing in the EV vernacular, it's preserving more electrons. There's a clear value proposition there. If I look at an EV compared to an internal combustible engine, you have a, a tension in line with output, which is a uh, both energetic and economic value that's being created. And we can certainly unpack that if you'd like. You know, what I want to unpack is, is the importance of your theses, and it's because it's playing out, and Jack has been really uh, pounding your drum, uh, silicon carbide. What is it? Uh, what's its significance? And why do you think it's such a game changer in the, this, the world of electric vehicle? So if we look at the bigger trend of electrification, so electric, trying to electrify everything as a function of improving on the efficiency curve some of which we agree with, some of which we don't. But if we look at that bigger trend, it's much like what we saw with, over the past 30 years, digitization. So, and if you can look at the three Ds in terms of uh, digitization, decarbonization, that may create some destabilization, that's the change that's occurring. Um, mm -hmm. The role of preserving electrons in the increase of, uh, uh, as part of that electrification trend, how do you transmit power over long distances? High voltage. And so just think of it as power. I, I like to explain it as a dam. And in any electrical or power electronic system, you want to be able to operate at a higher voltage or hold back more power or voltage, 
which is precisely what you're doing with silicon carbide, where you take two materials, silicon and you're implementing carbon in a very high heat and pressurized system to create a crystalline structure that you can create a semiconductor with unnatural uh, characteristics or seldomly found, uh, rarely found in nature that have certain benefits uh, and allow you to preserve the electrons that you're generating without letting them, just as you talked about in your, in your LED or your light, uh, losing it in terms of heat radiatively recombining. Um, mm. And that has huge benefits within the EV. Which are what? Dave? And beyond. Wait, what are so the benefits, the, the, Yeah, the design of an EV, you have a battery, and you're charging that battery externally. So that's creating a uh, certain amount of electrons that you're then going to release at a low voltage that's going to be, and, you, and that's in DC, direct current. Now, in order to have some finesse or have control over your motor, you want to be in an alternating current multiple phase to get a torque curve. And so you then need to step up that voltage to then power that motor. And that's known as a traction inverter, where you're inverting the power curve from a DC direct current to an alternating current, creating that sine wave that you're then going to power that motor. So when you step on the gas, you'll get that torque curve that each company deems is proprietary. Silicon carbide is the material that's allowing you to move to a higher voltage use less copper and actually preserve more of those electrons because the switching speed is much faster. Is this technology in Tesla's currently? It is. Tesla has shamed the rest of the industry by being the first, like they do with a lot of different uh, decisions, and saying, why do we have to design with the silicon IGBT? which is the current, uh, was the current design. So the Model 3 launched with silicon carbide in the traction inverter at a 400-volt architecture. I would also argue that 400 volts is not optimized. I think the industry will move towards 800 volts, um, which has a lot of different benefits that we, can, that we can talk about. So they did that with the 3, and then they ultimately did that with the S and X, and now in the rear drive system, um, uh, and all-wheel drive, but in the rear motor, they have a silicon carbide inverter uh, that's standard. So you know, net, net, Jed, just jumping in here, well, sorry about that. But no, net, no, please. Net, what, the, what the listener needs to understand here is the silicon carbide really addresses the biggest issue with electric vehicles, and that's range anxiety, meaning you're, it's, you won't be able to travel as far as you want to uh, on a charge. Yeah, it extends and, range. So, so by adding a, basically a $300 adder in terms of the cost, the system advantages are Tesla is able to derive, in our estimates, five to $6,000 of incremental value that they're capturing. By extending range, 10 to 20% improvement, you get a net 5 to 7% benefit simply from the silicon carbide. But you're also lightweighting. So as you go from 400 to 800 volts, for example, you reduce about 300 pounds of copper. Today's pricing, 464 spot, that gets you about $1,300 of savings there. All for this little $200 uh, component because V equals IR, you're going to uh, lower amperage if you're going to higher voltage. So there's a lot of different benefits. And, and we're using and talking about simply, you mentioned range anxiety. If you want to lower your charge time, 
then going to a higher voltage will allow you to get more energy into the battery at a quicker rate. So that sub 15 minute full charge or rapid uh, DC charge. All of this requires this, this uh, or I'm not sure it's fair to say requires, but this material enables all of this uh, uh, transition. We're speaking with Jed Dorsheimer. He's our global head of sustainability research uh, with Canaccord. Uh, my brain hurts every time I speak with you, Jed, and my wife absolutely adores your speak each and every time she does a post-listen on the show. She can't believe how brilliant you are. Uh, yeah, and honestly, if I was doing a, an episode of uh, Star Trek, uh, you would be Scotty in engineering. Indeed, you would be. Um, <laughs> let's go through the, the, then the plays in Silicon Carbide. How can we play this as investors? Yeah, so we have a cohort that, uh, and the list is getting more and more. You know, there's been some recent acquisitions of companies that we don't cover that are getting in. On Semiconductor was the latest. I don't have an opinion or a rating on on because we don't cover it, but they bought a company, GT Advanced Technology, to get into this space. And even today, I think Cuervo uh, uh, just announced that was the, the old RFMD company. Uh, oh. announced that they were buying a, a United um, uh, uh, Silicon Carbide to get into this uh, this space. So as you look at the the landscape, it is it is expanding. Under our coverage, we have Wolfspeed, which is kind of the leader with the most market share and over a trillion hours, literally trillion hours with a T of uh, of experience in in handling this very difficult uh, material. You also have ST Micro, a name we cover. That's who's supplying into that Tesla um, uh, platform, the Model 3. And then you you also have um, uh, uh, 2.6, um, which we have a buy rating on, uh, like that uh, uh, the company is as well that's in this uh, space. So, so you have a growing and expanding um, uh, number of uh, suppliers and manufacturers that are different levels of the supply chain, some that are doing the materials, some that might be doing equipment, some that might be doing the downstream semiconductor, and some that are doing it all, like Wolfspeed. We're speaking with Jed Dorsheimer, uh, head of global uh, research in sustainability. Uh, it's all about the future with Jed. Uh, always a delight to speak with him. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to spend another uh, segment speaking with Jed and learning about power. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 Toronto. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my friends. It is Saturday night after all. I feel like a kid in a candy store. 
kid at Christmas just opened up an amazing gift. I bought myself a new car after 18 years. And uh, you can laugh at me yeah, all you want, but I'm, I'm, I'm all about compounding money. I, I really don't like cars. They're depreciating assets. I like assets that go up in value. So I'd rather own the Tesla stock than the Tesla car. It's just who I am. But, you know, at some point you have to have a new car, step it up, Wolf, and I did. Um, I take my phone. I just lay it on the dashboard. It charges. It reads. The screen pops up. Phone calls. It works. I don't plug anything in. No more cable. So, so Jed, I, I've asked before at one of our Boston conferences with um, one of our metals and mining analysts, a very, very smart man. You know, the, you know the gentleman I'm speaking about. His name behooves me right now. He explained to me the chemistry or the physics behind uh, wireless charging. Uh, can you briefly explain to us uh, how it works? How can I not plug my phone as laid on top of this pad? And, and the charges, because obviously cars are in the same direction, the self uh, 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 charging pads for vehicles, same technology. Please explain it to the listener. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're asking to kind of come out of my, I, we don't have any names under coverage in that, uh, in that space. Um, uh, by the way, it, just as an aside, I, I do have, I have a friend who has one of the largest Ferrari collections, uh, <laughs> and he would uh, beg to differ on the depreciating assets. I think he's invested under a hundred million in uh, in vehicles that's now worth half a billion or somewhere. There's always no, but there, okay, there's always the exception, Chad. There's always the exception. Sure, you, <laughs> if, if you if, if you treat anything and like by the way, do you know what he drives? Make money on a daily basis. Uh, a, a, Volks, a Volkswagen Tesla Model S. Of course, Tesla. That's that's nice. Well, so he's got a bunch of Lambos, eh? Lambos and Ferraris. No, Ferraris. Fer just Ferraris, uh, Ferraris, just Ferraris. And, uh, very, very sweet. Harley Davidson and Indian motorcycles. Um, but it's a beautiful oh, car. Very nice. Uh, in terms of wireless charging, and, you know, that you need to create a magnetic resonance great enough where the electrons are going to be, uh, I mean, uh, there'll be several people that'll uh, cringe at this explanation, but, but that you can basically electrify the uh, region around whatever the vehicle will be and be able to uh, accept that. Um, so you're, you're boosting a high magnetic uh, uh, frequency. That's my understanding. And again, I am no expert on, uh, on wireless charging. It, it, it does work. It, 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 it's incredible. It's absolutely. And are the, um, is Tesla in the same boat? Can you now take your Tesla and drive it over a pad and it will charge? No, not that I know. They're not there yet. No. Uh, very interesting. Quite frankly, I don't see that as a big uh, market for, um, you know, you ha if you get into the charging infrastructure, you have to understand there's different levels. There's going to be home charging that you're going to use a level one charger. And then, you know, there's level two, level three, fast DC charging. Um, wireless is a whole nother animal. And uh, for you know, residential vehicles, maybe that will come at some point in time, but uh, it's also not something that, uh, um, that, that, that's, uh, that's big or, or, or uh, right now. Uh, when I went to the dealerships, there was very little inventory. I really only went to two dealerships. I went to Volkswagen, I went to Audi. Uh, I've always been a Volkswagen driver. Uh, so I moved up to the older man's car, which is now the Audi, same family. Um, but uh, there was very little inventory in the traditional models. Uh, Volkswagen is, is gonna be dropping their Golf. They're dropping the Jetta. They're gonna keep the GT. Uh, a bunch of new models are coming out. They got this little cross between a, a Golf and a SUV. That's a weird looking car, I think. But uh, I'm, 
I didn't see a lot of signs of electric vehicles. But when I was in the Audi dealership, uh, Jack and Jed, uh, I went by the service bay. And there were two vehicles in the service bay that had yellow tape around them. Like, don't come past this yellow line. And they were Audi Qtrons. Oh, my God, what a gorgeous looking vehicle. I couldn't believe how, wow, 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 wow. So cool. Uh, just beautiful lines and, 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 and every just attracts you to the vehicle. I asked the rep uh, of the cost, uh, $139,000 to $169,000 for, for, the, for the two vehicles that were on display. Um, so again, Jed, please speak to, you know, there's so much talk of, of, of every automotive company coming to market with more electric vehicles, but I here in Canada still don't see a lot of signs of it. Uh, what, what, what word are you hearing and, uh, from the automotive companies and what are you seeing in America that's different than up here in Canada? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely seeing, uh, we were in Massachusetts, you're seeing EVs um, uh, that are very common. I mean, I, I go to, uh, and yes, it starts off and uh, it might start in, in more affluent areas because of the higher cost initially. Um, although I think Tesla is doing a great job to change that with the, with the Model 3. And you're also seeing that from, from other companies as well, some of which you mentioned. Uh, but I, I think, um, you know, I'm, sorry, Jen, I'm, speaking about the, I'm, I'm speaking about the dealer level. When you go to a dealership, uh, every dealership I've walked into, I don't see a lot of EV product on the floor. It, it, everything still seems to be combustible. Well, I think you're seeing a, a traditional industry that's well behind the curve, <laughs> um, that's trying to play catch. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. You know, it's, I mean, one of the things that I learned when I um, was a senior executive at a Fortune 500 is the way that I looked at things as an analyst was largely wrong previously. You know, I <laughs> would get in and, you know, use my, my uh, uh, understanding of the, uh, to kind of tear down the part and product quality. And that's not, you know, that it's not important, but. Culture is one, is one of the most, I mean, there's a saying in the industry that uh, culture eats strategy all day long. So understanding the culture is going to be really important. And the late Clayton Christensen uh, wrote a lot about this. Um, and I, I was fortunate to know and, and meet him uh, while he was alive in the Innovator's Dilemma, which should be a must read for anybody uh, looking at investments. Uh, you've spoken about culture before, and that, that's absolutely brilliant. And, and again, I, I always said, why did Sony drop the ball on the Walkman? The, the, the iPhone should have been theirs. They didn't have the culture for the change. And it's incredible. Uh, it truly, truly is. We're out of time. Jed Dorsheimer, Global Head of Sustainability Research at Canaccord. Uh, Jed, I cannot thank you enough. It, it, it is so thought-provoking uh, each and every time we have you on the show. The listeners love you, as does Jack and I. Uh, friends, you have a safe weekend. I look forward to spending another hour with you next Saturday night. Any questions for Jack or I, WolfgangKlein.com. And please, once again, uh, Covenant House, give. It's cold outside. 3,000 kids have to sleep on the street tonight. Please help them with Covenant House. Sponsor a donor, or, uh, which is me, Wolfgang Klein. Find me on the executive sleep out. Uh, no donation too small, no donation too large as well if you want to really have an impact. Donate shares that have appreciated in value. You'll get a, uh, a better net tax benefit. Have a great weekend. 
been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.